Good evening. It's okay, I don't need that. It's fine. Save your legs. Thank you for your sharing and for your honesty. It's one of the things that I love most about Recovery Church and um, is just hearing where you guys are and girls, and I'm not allowed to say that, so. <laughs> but to hear where you're journeying. And um, I reckon it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get from stage to stage because as long as you just keep trying, that's what matters most. So well done, guys. I just want to, and girls, sorry. <laughs> I just want to read uh, a little story from New Testament um, from the message tonight. It's a, it's a short story, but it has, um, I believe, a powerful truth for us. Um, and I'm just going to read a little bit, then we'll talk, chat about it as we go. As Jesus went out into the street... A man came running up, greeted him with great reverence and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? Jesus said, Why are you calling me good? No one is good, only God. You know the commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat. Honour your father and mother. He said, Teacher, I have from my youth kept them all. Exclamation mark. Now here is a young man who thinks that he has got it made. Now why did he ask Jesus, what must I do to get eternal life if he had kept all the laws of the Jewish faith? Keeping the law was the way that the Jews got close to God. That was their religion. But many of you tonight have all talked about that it's not about keeping laws, it's about a relationship. That's what Jesus was about and that's why the Jews didn't get on with him. Because he came to challenge their idea of what religion was. Many religions today, many sects, many cults keep this idea of religion as part of their faith. It's about following a leader or it's about obeying the rules. Now, the Salvation Army does have some rules if you want to be a member, but there are no rules to following Jesus except accepting him. So I don't know, we don't know any more about this young man or I don't know whether he was coming to try and trip Jesus up or whether he was being smart or whether he was absolutely genuine. I don't know. And I won't judge him because it doesn't matter, does it? But in his mind, let's get into his mind and in his heart, he says, I have kept all of these since I was a youth. So he, in his thinking, he's standing before a good teacher who's pretty perfect right now. He thinks he's got it made. He thinks his life is just great the way it is because he hasn't done any of those things. Now, I reckon that anyone who says, okay, we might do the murder and the committing adultery but haven't stole, never lied, haven't cheated and honoured their father and mother every second since they were born, I'm really going to question that. Aren't you? I have kept them all. He is sure he's got it made. 
Now, I love the next line. Jesus looked him hard in the eye. Have I been looked in the eye? It's really awful, isn't it? My husband is so good at it. He looks you in your eye and you go, "Uh uh-uh, what's coming? I can tell you this, whatever it is, whether you like it or not, it'll be truth. Because people who look you in the eye tell you the truth. People who can't look you in the eye will not tell you the truth. Jesus looked him in the eye, it says, hard. In other words, he stared right through this young man to his very soul. That's how I look at it. He knew the intentions of this young man. He knew his motivations. He knew his life. He knew what he was coming to Jesus for. But what about the next three words? And loved him. Isn't that beautiful? He got past the motives. He got past the idea that this young man had about himself. He got past whether this guy was having a go at him or trying to trip him up or just really being naive. He got past all of that saw into this man's soul and loved him. That is the depth of Christianity. It's not about religion. It's not about keeping the rules. It's not about whether we're Catholic or Protestant or whether we're whatever. It's not about any of that denominational stuff, which man made, mind you, not God. It's not about that. It's about relationship, a love relationship. God is about loving us, no matter what, unconditionally, without judging. He looks you hard in the eye and he looks me hard in the eye. He sees right through us to our very souls, our motivations, our intentions, our past, our present, our future, and he loves us. That's the God I've given my life to follow. That's the God I serve. That's the God I want to share with people. That's the God I want to talk about. Nowhere in there is it about how good I am. Nowhere in there does it say how skilled I am. Nowhere in there does it say how intelligent I am. Nowhere in there does it say what I can do, how good I can perform. Nowhere in there does it say how much education I have. Nowhere in there does it say anything about me at all it's all about Jesus loving me right as I am now we could stop right there because that's beautiful but I just got to go on to the boys well the, the young man's reaction to Jesus Jesus said 
after he looked him in the eye and loved him. I told you we'd tell him the truth, didn't I? There's one thing left. Oh, oh. it's like a butt. Go sell whatever you own and give it to the poor. All your wealth will then be heavenly wealth and come follow me. Now we know so much more about this man. He was rich. Now I want you to know Jesus is not saying you can't be wealthy. Jesus is not saying you can't have money. Jesus is not saying that everyone has to go and sell what they have and give it to the poor. He was talking to this young man's soul who he had looked into and he had found the one thing that was keeping him from faith. And it wasn't obeying the laws and it wasn't the rules and it wasn't even his past, present or future. It was his money. And so Jesus called him out of it. You can dress beautifully, you can do all the right things, you can buy anything you like, but if it's more important than Jesus, it won't do you any good. And the man's face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear and he walked off with a heavy heart. He thought he could trick Jesus. He didn't count on Jesus looking through his eyes to his very soul. He didn't count on Jesus looking at his heart. He didn't count on Jesus being able to see what was in the way of his eternal life. And in this case, for this man, it was his money. And it's the last line that I want to bring to you tonight. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. This young man had an invitation from Jesus to come follow me. The greatest invitation that anyone can ever receive. Better than even going to see the Queen. Although I do know someone saw the uh, Prime Minister this week. Yes? Thank you, Laurie. I mean, that's pretty awesome. But even better than being invited to see the Prime Minister is an invitation to come to Jesus. Because that's eternity. That's eternal life. But this young man passed it up. And he passed it up because what he had, what he could touch, what he could hold was more important than following Jesus. Okay, now I know I created a furor tonight by bringing these in. Let me just get them. I was thinking about, uh, I was spent some time with Beth last week because I was in the same cabin as her. Boy, did I learn a lot. Boy, I've got some dirt on her. I'll hold that for another day. But I do know that David and Beth are on a cruise right now. And I get seasick, so that'll never happen to me. But it did remind me of a story. And it's a story that I've loved ever since the moment I read it. 
And uh, I don't use it very often, but I really felt to share the story uh, of this man who had an addiction. And his addiction was balloons. And this man carried his balloons, and I'm not talking just a day, I'm talking years. This guy had never let go of his balloons for years. He went to a fair, and in the... In one of the booths, there was a competition. The prize was, you guessed it, a cruise. And you wouldn't want to believe he won it. This guy won the cruise. So he packed up his little suitcase with his balloons and off he went to go on this cruise. He gets on board and everyone's got balloons and confetti and cheering and he feels right at home until they all get off and he's the only one with the balloons left. It starts to get dark and he starts to get hungry. He doesn't have his suitcase anymore because a porter took it to his room for him. So he follows the smell of the food as the, the, sorry, as the chime bells for dinner and he gets to the passageway where the dining room is. And guess what? It's too narrow. He can't get down it because his balloons are in the way. Now, he could choose to let go of the balloons and go to dinner, but he turns around instead and goes back up to the top deck where he saw some cheese and crackers and he ate the rest of those and decided then that he was tired. So he decided to go to his cabin. So he asked someone to take him to his cabin. He went down a very wide passageway, which was great, and then he got to his cabin door and the porter opened the door and unfortunately, he came across a problem. He could not go in the door because the balloons were too big. And he tried every which way to go into his room without breaking the balloons or letting them go, and it didn't work. So, with determination, he turned around, he went back up to the top deck, he found a sun lounge and a blanket, and he lay down and tried to go to sleep with his balloons tied to the chair. He woke up in the morning and followed the same routine for about three days, eating cheese and crackers when they brought it up to the deck and sleeping on the sun lounge under a blanket. Now, it was a nice little holiday until it came to the last day. And on the last day, he was given a very special invitation. And in the envelope was an invitation from the captain to come and dine at the captain's table that evening for the last meal of the trip as the captain's guest. He thought, felt very important. And of course, when nighttime came and the bell rang at 8pm for dinner with the captain, he remembered when he got to the passageway, he couldn't go in to the dining room because the passageway was too narrow. And he stood there for a long time. Now, he was really hungry by now, really hungry. It had been quite a few days. And he could smell the food and he could hear the people in the dining room. And he stood and he stood and he thought and he thought and finally he turned around and he walked to the rear of the ship and he stood there some more and finally his hunger took over 
He felt the invitation in his pocket again. And one by one, he slowly started to open his fingers. And one by one, he started to let go of those balloons that had been in his hand for years. And then he turned around and he walked down the passageway, back to the dining room, into the dining room, sat at the captain's table and had the best meal of his entire life. What are you hanging on to? What balloons are in your life that you are hanging on to that stop you experiencing all the beautiful things that God has for you? Write something on those balloons in your mind. What is it that you're hanging on to? For the young man in the Bible, it was money. For some people, it's, it's an addiction. Whether it's to a substance or a person or a habit, it could be a, a relationship, it could be absolutely anything that is more important to you than God. What is it? When Jesus said to that young man, go sell all that you have, give your money to the poor and come follow me, the young man couldn't do it because he was holding on tight to his wealth and he couldn't let go. He wasn't prepared to. And he went away sad. And I want to tell you, if he ever gave his life to Jesus would be the only way that he would ever recover from that moment of sadness. So where are you at tonight? Are you hanging on to something that's holding you back from experiencing all that Jesus has to offer you? Have you got a foot in both camps? A little bit of faith on this hand but the balloon's in the other. Not quite ready to trust and to let them go. I've got to tell you, you have to let them all go before you experience all that Jesus has for you. What are you holding on to? What's keeping you from surrendering your life and your will and everything you have and are to the God who made you? I've got to tell you, it's not worth hanging on to. Because it won't bring you A, happiness, and B, eternal life that this young man was looking for.